This is The Road Less Travelled, presented by Nikki Shea. G'day everyone, welcome to this week's edition of the Road Less Travelled podcast. It's Nikki Shea back in the seat welcoming you along to this week's edition of Adventures, Camping, Travelling and Plenty of Travelling, that is for certain. Welcome along if you're a new listener to the podcast, welcome. And if you're a seasoned campaigner, welcome back to the Road Less Travelled. Great to have your company and we really do appreciate your support of this little show that's fully independent, made in Australia for Australians. If you would like to find out more about what the show is about, you can follow us through Apple. Uh, you can also follow us through Google uh, Google Podcasts, so Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and of course Spotify. And if you are doing a search, if you forget all that, jump onto Google or whatever your search engine is and have a look for the Road Less Travelled Podcast with Nikki Shea, and that's where you'll find the show if you're looking to pass that information on to other people. That's where you can do so. If you want to find out more again, jump onto social media where you can follow us on Instagram and we have a Facebook page too for the Road Less Travelled podcast and of course our website which is fatcatmedia.com.au and there you can find out plenty of what we do behind the scenes of the Road Less Travelled and on the website of course Fat Cat Media, plenty of services of what we do. You can also drop me an email which is fatcat at iinet.net.au. That's fatcat with a P-H, so P-H-A-T-C-A-T at iinet.net.au. And you can SMS 0427528467. And I'd certainly love to hear from you. I'd love to get your feedback of how you think, think things are travelling along with the Road Less Travel podcast. And if you've got some upcoming trips or you've just come back from a trip or you've got some recipes or some little gadgets that you've found, or some, um, we'd love to hear from you. So please do drop us a line, fatcat at iinet.net.au. So this week's edition of the show is actually part two, part one you can, of course can listen to last week, which was our introduction to a fantastic trip called the Savannah Way. And what it's all about is, well, I guess what we can say is let it be said that there's no real wrong way to see Australia. Each type of getaway, both land and sea, are really unique in their offerings. But I've got to say, a Savannah Way road trip is really an untold adventure waiting to be discovered in every different way, and certainly by every different visitor. It's an inspiring way to venture through different lands all in one trip, and you can plan the journey, but you can never predict the stories that you'll collect, the expansive landscapes that you'll witness, or the plenty, and I mean plenty, of unsealed roads that you'll navigate. The Savannah Way road trip is Australia's longest and arguably most fascinating route. It's a journey within everyone's reach and while much of the road is unsealed, there's some water courses to ford along the way and the Queensland leg is an achievable route without loads of sort of special specialty equipment or experience. So it stretches the Savannah Way, it stretches from Cairns in Queensland to Broome. It's a 3,700 kilometre journey which can be uncovered in a number of legs. The Queensland portion of the journey which we did last week is full of small attractions and plenty of unscheduled stops that make this kind of journey one to really relish, relish in your own way. You can take a little extra time when something special catches your eye. As I said on last week's edition, you can do the trip in three weeks up to three months, but really allow yourself a good month to really do the trip. You head west from Cairns, you take the drive up the Corunda Range and out onto the Atherton Tablelands to Mareeba. You wind your way out through the cane fields, the macadamia plantations, the mango orchards that stretch, uh, that this stretch of Queensland is so renowned for. There's also a well-known coffee country too with a great, great chance to stop for a mid-morning cuppa and a yarn with local suppliers as well. 
So from there, you head, we headed to the border, and I won't give away too much of what we did last week. Jump onto uh, last week's edition of the Road Less Travel podcast and find out what we did. And if you are searching for that episode, it's episode 25 of season two of the Road Less Traveled podcast. When we left you on last week's edition of the show, we were heading out of Catherine. And of course, if you've never been, Catherine is certainly a bustling regional tourist town and a pastoral service hub 310 kilometres south of Darwin. It's the third largest town in the Northern Territory. Now, as I said last week, you will need a couple of days to truly experience the Catherine region where you can certainly discover spectacular gorges, and I can't rave enough about them. You'll be snapping all day with your camera. Misty waterfalls, thermal springs and ancient cultures first stop that we recommend of course is the Catherine visitor center open seven days a week to help you make the most of your outback adventure and Catherine hot springs located just two kilometers from the Catherine central business district is a short turn off from the vistoria highway where you can relax and swim through the clear water surrounded by the pandanus trees so make sure that you do put Catherine on the bucket list but this is part two of the savannah way as we head out of Catherine here on the road less travel podcast So Catherine to Timber Creek was the next destination, a distance of 289 kilometres. We decided to try and do it in seven days from Catherine to Brooms, sort of because we were a bit constrained by time. And for us, the six-day road trip kicks off in Catherine, where you can also start your morning with a really good breakfast at Finch Cafe before heading about five minutes south to, as I mentioned, Catherine Hot Springs, which is situated on the banks of the Catherine River. And these thermal springs comprise of crystal clear pools surrounded by lush greenery and native vegetation and you can relax in tranquility by the main pool or have a swim to cool off don't also forget to explore the scenic walking tracks and stop for a picnic lunch along the way it's absolutely beautiful after lunch jump back in the car and head four hours west to timber creek which is your final destination for today upon arrival have an early dinner at the croc stock shop and here you can browse their tasty menu despite the name there are vegetation vegetation vegetarian options in Included. For us, day two was Timber Creek to Kununurra, distance of 226 kilometres. We woke up early and had some brekkie, jumped in the vehicle towards the Gregory National Park. Now, this area of the Victoria River District is home to large barramundi, scenic landscapes, saltwater crocodiles and four-wheel drive track challenges. You are in for a bumpy ride, I must tell you. Upon arrival, be sure to check out the historic Gregory's Tree, which showcases carvings from Augustus Gregory's 1885 North Australian Expedition. This too is a sacred Aboriginal site with interpretive signs at its base. Here too you can explore the National Park via the various walking tracks where you can stop for an early picnic along the way but I will warn you saltwater crocodiles are in the Gregory National Park uh, in all the waterways so be crocwise and don't swim in the waters. When you jump back in the vehicle you head three hours west where we spent the afternoon at the Kununurra Museum which showcases years of local history. The museum is run by passionate and dedicated volunteers who combined have collected many historical objects, which includes the skull of a skull of a 15 to 14 foot saltwater crocodile. HDTV screens surround the area showcasing sorted slideshows of thousands of images and you can finish the day with dinner at Choppy's Restaurant or at the Kimberley Asian Cuisine. Both are simply delicious and of course you can always have uh, your own meals. 
From there we headed Kununurra to Halls Creek, a distance of 358 k's, and we started our morning with a light breakfast at the Kimberley Cafe before heading towards Lake Kununurra. I'd always wanted to go, and it's because it's a freshwater man-made reservoir located at the heart of the Ord River Valley. Here you can explore the surrounding area on foot and discover the large variety of flora and fauna that inhabits the area. And there are plenty of walking tracks available, so get your hike on. Don't forget to stop for a picnic lunch along the way before continuing on to Halls Creek. Now, upon arrival, we suggest visiting the Halls Creek Visitor Centre, where you'll find a variety of locally made jewellery. There's Aboriginal artwork and items for sale, including gold nuggets, maps and postcards. Or alternatively, you can relax and enjoy some quiet time before dinner because you're in for a big couple of days. We finished our day with dinner at the Poinciana Roadhouse. Day four for us was Halls Creek to Fitzroy Crossing, a distance of 291 k's. Fitzroy Crossing, you can start your day nice and early, knocking the drive over in the first thing, and this leaves you with the day to then explore. It's approximately three hours west of Halls Creek, the area there, it offers quite the choice of activities. We suggest having a snack before visiting, visiting the Geeky Gorge National Park, which is 20 minutes north of Fitzroy Crossing. Now, Geeky Gorge has been around for approximately, cop this, 350 million years. Streaming through part of an ancient limestone barrier reef, the gorge was carved by the mighty Fitzroy River. You hear that you can actually take part in a boat tour, providing insights into the geology and the wildlife of the gorge, or you can do a bushwalk and fish in the surrounding area. Now, whatever you choose, keep your eyes peeled because, again, you're in croc country. You can make your way back to Fitzroy Crossing for dinner at the Fitzroy River Lodge. Day 5 for us was Fitzroy Crossing to Derby. It was a distance of 257 k's. This morning it was history on the agenda, having breakfast before heading for a couple hours west towards Derby. This is a town in the Kimberley region of Western Australia and upon arrival you can enjoy some morning tea at the Book Cafe before visiting the Norville Gallery. This gallery cafe is located in an old tin shed on the edge of town set up by the Kimberley artists Mark and Mary Norville. And here you'll discover the magnificent art pieces, stunning jewellery, vinyl records and tasty coffee as well. You can have a bite to eat before heading to the Derby Wharf, which was originally built in 1894. The jetty was a wooden T-shaped structure linking the town of Derby by a horse-drawn tramway. Rebuilt in 1964, the jetty was then used to export cattle and import fuel and oil. Now it's known for spectacular sunset views over Kings. And if you're eager fisher person, you'll be happy to know that this is a popular spot to touch, uh, to catch rather, the golden grunter, the cobbler, shark and mud crabs. And you can cast a line and relax in the afternoon sun. Finish the day with dinner like we did at the Derby Wharf restaurant. And as I said, this was a kind of, we had to jam as much as we possibly could in the last seven days because we were pressed for time. Day six for us was Derby to Broome, a distance of about 220 k's. And once you're en route to Broome, the final destination of the Savannah Way road trip, you can start your day nice and early and two hours west to Broome. We spent the morning visiting the Broome Historical Museum, which showcases the most comprehensive visual displays of history dating back to 1910. And it's a great place to visit upon first arrival in Broome, providing additional context to the remainder of your stay. And after lunch, of course, 
you can <clears throat> excuse me you can make your way to Cable Beach one of Broome's most iconic and scenic destinations known for its sunset camel tours along the beach tourists flock here all year round and you can spend the afternoon exploring the area relaxing on the sand and swimming in the ocean finishing the day off with a sunset tour before dinner at the Som Thai restaurant and if you've made it this far you've completed the Savannah Way road trip epic it is you've taken this trip and we'd love to hear from you you can find out more too we did another trip uh the northwest to Broome from sort of um south of Broome up to Broome if that makes sense that was in episode seven of series two and you'll find that calling northwest to Broome we're going to take a quick break here on the roadless travel podcast and when we come back we'll talk a little bit more in depth of part two of the savannah way and break down some of the destinations and some alternatives that you can do on this fantastic road trip back with more in just a moment be inspired with our seminars and motivational speaking We really enjoy and receive a lot of satisfaction and overwhelming feedback in conducting seminars. This involves giving motivational speeches and inspiring people to challenge themselves and become better at what they want to become better at. Relying on years in the media plus a life-changing health issue, Nikki will challenge and transform her audiences. If you truly and honestly want to help someone reach their true potential, stop answering all their questions and solving all their problems. For further information, head to fatcatmedia.com.au or drop us an email, fatcat at iinet.net.au. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travel podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. You're listening to the Road Less Travel podcast with me, Nikki Shea. Welcome back to part two of our epic journey that we did of the Savannah Way. We went from Queensland through the Northern Territory up through to WA and finishing off in Broome after starting in Cairns in Queensland. Now there's alternative itinerary routes that you can do um, from Broome to Kununurra. You can do it via the Gibb River Road from Derby. It's 939 kilometres and it's an iconic unsealed route that includes many of the Kimberley's natural highlights and frontier experiences you can plan your accommodation and fuel stops as there's uh, plenty of long remote sections and drive carefully too you need to note that the road from uh, Windana Gorge and Tunnel Creek allows you to mix some Gibb River Road experiences with those on the highway if time is limited the story of Jandamara the Aboriginal outlaw is a poignant piece of local history there too and the gorges of the Gibb River Road provide idyllic and they are simply idyllic swimming and and walking opportunities you allow yourself some extra time to relax at your own selection and meet locals at the variety of camping and accommodation routes along the journey and there are plenty of them so Broome to Kununurra via the iconic Gibb River Road from Derby just under a thousand k's now sort of right on the border of Western Australia and the Northern Territory you'll find another iconic name and that is, <coughs> excuse me, throg in the throat, Lake Argyle. It's located approximately 75k south of Kununurra and it is a fantastic option for tourists and locals alike 
Whether you want to relax by the infinity pool, take a cruise or participate in some wakeboarding, this freshwater lake offers it all with some of the most dramatic scenery in Australia. Now, Lake Argo is approximately 75 kilometres by road from Kununurra via the Victoria Highway and I really recommend that you put it on the list of uh, places to certainly hang out and you can revitalise yourself whilst travelling. And to get more information, you must visit the Kununurra Visitor Centre, which is co-located with the Alquestro Wilderness Park Booking Office and the Kimberley Asian Cuisine, which is adjacent to the post office. The premises provide a really safe, friendly shopping facility that caters to those with disabled or very special needs. There is a ramp available to the entrance to the building and clean public toilets, including a disabled toilet too. The Kununurra Visitor Centre is easily recognisable. They have a large windmill at the front of the building with the italic I on the sign of it. There's plenty of parking and they are RV friendly town too, so make sure that you do come and say hello. You can find them online too. Visit Kununurra.com. And I should have mentioned too that Kununurra is situated on the banks of the Ord River. It is the centre of the industries of agricultural, uh, mining and tourism in the East Kimberley. And make sure that you take the time to explore the Ord River. You can walk up Kelly's Knob, pardon me, for panoramic views over Kununurra and you wander through the Miramar National Park, which is a valley with rugged cliffs forming almost like little amphitheatres, gullies and ridges. Kununurra is well known as the gateway town to the East Kimberley and home to lakes, rivers and waterfalls and of course the mighty Barramundi. And as I mentioned Lake Argyle located about 80 k's from Kununurra. From the Lake Argyle Road, the 35 kilometre drive is along sealed roads which enables you to view the majestic scenery before arriving at the Lake Argyle Village. And here you'll find the information centre, small shop, camping, caravan park and accommodation check-in. From the Lake Argyle village it's a short three kilometre return scenic drive or a walk along a sealed road which takes you to various lookouts. Of course the boat ramps across the dam wall plus a view of the hydroelectric power station and the magnificent picnic area below the dam. Uh, it's only day use between 7am and 5pm. Now while you're up in that area I really recommend the Pernanulu National Park um, and Wyndham. The further north that you go you come to a junction in the highway west to Wyndham and then east to Kununurra. The journey to Wyndham is one of the probably the most scenic drives in Western Australia. Um, on the edge of the Coburn Ranges, the road provides travellers with stunning views and some of the most stunningly rugged scenery in this part of the Kimberley. It is absolutely lovely. You can check out the Pernanulu National Park and, of course, the famous Wolf Creek Crater National Park too. Now, the Wolf Creek Meteorite Crater is the second largest crater in the world from which fragments of a meteorite have been collected. Now, this crater is 880 metres across and almost circular. The crater was only discovered by Europeans during an aerial survey back in 1947. However, it has long been known to Aboriginal people who call it the Kandamalal and tell of two rainbow snakes who form the nearby Sturt and Wolf Creeks as they cross the desert. The crater is believed to be the place where one of the snakes emerged from the ground. Now, sightseeing, walking, photography and nature observation are probably the most popular activities here. Viewing the crater rim is an absolute must. Another spectacular way to view the crater is to take an aerial flight from Halls Creek. There's a camping area in the National Park which is free to visitors and includes cleared sites and toilets. 
A 400-metre return walk to the top of the crater rim involves a steep rocky climb, and climbing down into the crater is not permitted because of the steep terrain and loose rocks, which make it quite dangerous. For more information, visit the website, which is parks.dpaw.wa.gov.au, and then click on Parks Wolf Creek Crater. Certainly one to check out. It's great views there and fantastic photos that you can take too, and just the marvel at the fact of this second-largest crater is right here in Australia. And I mentioned too the uh, Pernanulu National Park. You can do Halls Creek to Pernanulu National Park about 140, 150Ks. Uh, North of Halls Creek, it's a World Heritage Sites of the Pernanulu National Park where you can start your journey early and that makes sure that you get into a campsite for sunset at the Bungle Bungle Massif. The orange and black stripes across the beehive-like mounds which are encased in a skin of silica and algae are clearly visible as you approach from the south. Absolutely magical photos. The access road is for high-clearance four-wheel drive vehicles only, not suitable for caravans. Dogs and pets are not allowed into the Pernanulu National Park, so you will have to arrange to have a dog sitter, which there are plenty available in the local areas too. And when we focus on Fitzroy Crossing, Halls Creek kind of destinations, from Fitzroy Crossing you can, of course, take out the... uh, the multicoloured cliffs of Geeky Gorge take a trip out there and that's where you can learn about the bush tucker, the traditional customs from local Indigenous guides too. And Halls Creek is the first recorded place in Western Australia where gold was discovered. In 1885 the gold rush began and Halls Creek was a bustling town. It's now somewhat quieter but certainly well worth spending some time visiting the old historical sites. And here too you can travel out to the China Wall which is a natural white wall and a perfect picnic spot before taking a dip at Caroline Pool. Now if you want to find out more about doing the Savannah Way you can break it up into three different sections or do as much as you want. Jump onto the website which is savannahway.com.au there they've got itineraries, destinations, how to plan your trip and uh, plenty of um, itineraries that um, they recommend and how to break your trip up if you want to do it over a week or three weeks or or whatever so I really recommend that you jump onto that savannahway.com.au So Broome was our final destination and it gave us an opportunity too to start planning for more trips to do up around that particular area, especially up around sort of Darwin, right to the north of Australia. And when you're in this area, it's really the heart of the Kimberley. Um, It's an ancient landscape. It covers hundreds of thousands of square kilometres and the Kimberley is one of the world's most precious wilderness regions. It's three times larger than England with a population of less than 40,000. And the Kimberley region is spread over Australia's entire northwestern corner. It's one of the world's last wilderness frontiers. And of course, here you can find prolific wildlife. There was just majestic canyons, freshwater swimming holes, several outback stations, as well as one of Australia's greatest four-wheel drive road trips. Now, despite the area's remoteness, it's also a place of great food, luxury accommodation, friendly locals, and one of the most romantic beaches and beach towns on earth. Now, just about everything here is rare and remote from rock formations that are 2 billion years old to luxury outback retreats as I mentioned the Kimberley also contains thousands of tropical forest topped islands, towering ochre cliffs there's flat waterfalls, rock art galleries that scientists believe may be the oldest in the world, you can certainly just spend weeks up here discovering the Kimberley's most breathtaking natural wonders there's 1000 islands off the Buccaneer gotta be careful how you say that, the Buccaneer Archipelago there are a few sites more spellbinding than the Buccaneer Archipelago. There's, as I said, a thousand rocky islands and they emerge from cornflower blue ocean. 
and a tie-dye colour scheme of grey, white and faded orange which is sort of topped, topped off with tufts of tropical growth showing that where there is extreme age there's also youth. A scenic trip with buccaneer explorers flies you over the islands but to truly fall in love join a four-day discovery cruise aboard the luxury Kimberley Quest 2 which is a equipped with a relaxing onboard spa and a speedboat to reach those unreachable places. Check out to the bizarre horizontal falls. The extremes of Mother Nature, Mother Nature rather, are revealed in an absolute clarity at the horizontal falls, which is a phenomenon in which tons, and I mean tons of water, squeeze through a gap in a twin mountain range. The Kimberley's tropical tides are some of the biggest in the world, rising and falling by up to 13 metres or 43 feet, and the result is remote, flat, white water rapids that can be experienced from above on its scenic flight, or if you game from the surface, the jet boat rides through the churning falls is one heck of a thrill and you don't come up here without mentioning as i mentioned earlier the bungle bungles the ancient domes of the bungle bungles they are the towering tiger striped rock formations which have been eroded into what i said earlier the beehive like domes which emerge from otherwise flat landscape like sunflowers kind of leaning skyward to the light they are part of a 360 million, that's 360 million year old Bungle Bungle Range, which is, of course, in the World Heritage Pernanulu National Park. This grand expanse, which also harbours sacred Aboriginal rock art, was only discovered by Europeans in the 1980s. Now, you can tour the Bungle Bungles on foot or from the air, but better still do it both ways for the ultimate experience and stay nearby at the Eco Wilderness Retreat Bungle Bungle Savannah Lodge. And if you like boab trees, there's no shortage. They come in so many shapes and sizes, they almost take on individual personalities. Related to Africa's uh, boaba, the boab resembles a bottle with a wide base and a thin neck that leads to a tangle of branches like a messy hairdo. Aboriginal law has many dreaming stories to explain their unusual look. Boabs dot the outback along the Gid River Road, but it can also be seen in the grounds of Broome's Cable Beach Club Resort and Spa, and out the front of the Kununurra Kimberley Grand Resort, and lining the main street of Derby too. And you can eat the nutritious Boab tuba root at some cafes in season. Check out the rusty red Chamberlain Gorge. In the afternoon sun at the El Questro Homestead, a flaming red wall of rock seems to rise with every metre in the three-kilometre boat journey along the Chamberlain Gorge's pancake flat waters. Now, this escarpment can be found at the Outback Station, El Questro Wilderness Park, and the guided cruise is an essential part of any stay. Now, Alquestro has several different types of accommodation dotted around the property, including the exclusive private homestead. You can peer over the boat's edge to see the cheeky archerfish that spit water at your fingertips. They're aiming for what they think is prey. Now, the Kimberley too is home to Australia's most spectacular rock art, and uh, it's believed to be some of the oldest in the world. They will also customise a cruise if you do the Ocean Dream charters to take you to rock art galleries in spectacular landscapes. And some of the best locations in the Kimberley include Doubtful Bay, Mitchell Falls and Venstart Bay too. 
So there, as I said, plenty to do in the Kimberley, the Dampula Peninsula north of Broome. That's where the ochre cliffs and the white beaches meet higher blue ocean and make the highlight of blue ocean, rather. For many, this is a special place to retreat from the busy everyday and get back in touch with nature. And the Aboriginal communities cluster between tropical bush and curling estuaries too. You can learn from the traditional custodians at Signet Bay Pearl Farm, where a sustainably operating uh, oyster farm, resort and restaurant where you can enjoy, of course, cultural tours, glamping cabins and pearling experiences. So as I said, plenty of things to do up in the Kimberley region of Western Australia. Now, while some parts of the uh, Savannah Way aren't suitable for caravans, there are plenty of places where you can uh, leave your caravan and go off for day trips or if you want to pack your swag and do for a couple of overnighters or pick up a motel or one of the um, station stays, make sure that you do it and then you can come back and pick your caravan up and then head off on to more caravan-friendly roads. Some of them, as I've mentioned, are not... Uh, a particularly uh, good roads some of them are four-wheel drive only with high clearance so make sure that you put that down in the in the old memory bank and plenty of camping opportunities there's caravan parks there's uh, station stays there's free camping and uh, if you do if you are traveling with an animal there are plenty of places where they've got dog sitting and dog mining facilities too so uh, make sure that you jump onto the savannah way website and keep in touch with what we've been doing with the road less travel podcast by visiting our website which is fatcatmedia.com.au that wraps up part two and the final of our savannah way journey between cairns in queensland across to burketown then crossing the border into the northern territory up the middle of the northern territory to catherine then across the border into western australia and then across to Broome, where we finished up make sure that you put it on your bucket list and allow yourself plenty of time to enjoy it and jump onto that website where you can find out plenty of itineraries and other people that have done the trip too. Trust that you've enjoyed our little journey here on the Road Less Travel podcast, and we look forward to catching up with you again next week. My name is Nikki Shea. Thanks so much for your company. Don't forget to follow us on social media through Facebook and Instagram, and keep up to date with what we're doing on our website, fatcatmedia.com.au. You've been listening to the Road Less Travel podcast. My name is Nikki Shea, and I hope to catch you somewhere out there very soon on the road. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Take care. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. The Road Less Travelled is presented by Nikki Shea and produced by Fat Cat Media.